do we say, fam? Welcome to Simplexity, a podcast where we take seemingly complex matters and attempt to make them plain and simple. My name is Sammy Foster, joined with my co-host, the one and only Bootsy, also Bootsy. known as Campbell Smart. How we doing, babe? We're doing quite well. Good. Um, how are you? I, I feel I feel fresh yeah. this morning. Compared to last week where we were both a little bit under, under the, the weather. weather. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like we practice that. Yeah. Okay. So so when I say we weren't we both say in unison. Yeah. Yeah, we were. We were. But I'm feeling a lot better now. I'm gonna tell you right now that uh that that little bug, it's it's a lingering. The one in the rug or no? <laughs> You're a cheese ball. Are you serious about that? I uh, know. Okay, thanks. Um, no, but I feel better. I'm clearing out. Yep. Uh, a lot of Mucinex, a lot of, uh, what's the other, Zyrtec, <laughs> and uh, I'm back at it. I'm back on the saddle. Yeah, me yeah. too. Good. Me too. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Um, so today, yes, we're talking relationship red flags. Come on. So those are red flags that apply both to romantic relationships, also friendships. Um, it's going to be a heavy one. You think? I think so. It's only as heavy as you make it. Okay. So then it won't be. Amen. I feel like there's, <laughs> okay. a, there's a lot of levity Forget. we had when you talk about relationships. That's true. Because it's typically at somebody else's expense. <laughs> so actually, let's treat this with a lot of levity. A lot of levity. <laughs> okay. So just ignore me. Um, this is not a heavy one today. But regardless, <laughs> I wanted to start it off with a little bit of a game. That's Maybe. the levity I'm talking about. Okay. So this game is I'm going to read a couple of red flags, and you're going to tell me which one you think is worse. All right. Here we go. Number right. one, this person claps when the plane lands, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or another person uses a flip phone, which is the bigger red flag. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't. I, I do not like the clapping. <laughs> I do not. What like- about it? Is it the enthusiasm or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't like that's what the pilots paid for. That's why we all paid the money hmm. for for the, the the takeoff and the landing. Okay. I don't want to clap that I got my money's worth out of the flight. So I will never clap during another one of your sermons. <laughs> hey, he's supposed to do this. That's good. He's that's ordained good. by God. <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. I, now, now, if it's if no, if no, it no, no, pa- no, too late. <laughs> Amen. All right. I was going to give a caveat to that. Yeah. But it's not needed. However, let, can I please? You can. If there is a lot of precursory, hey guys, this is going to be a rough landing. We're coming in hard. There's a lot of wind. Yada yada yada. And then it's smooth. Hmm. And then there's a clap. I feel like that's justified. Moving right along. I just wanted to put that in there. That was good. Okay. Appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. Number two, someone who is very into musical theater Mm. or someone who is very into theme parks. Oh, definitely theme parks. Musical theater means that they have some culture, degree of appreciation for the arts. Okay. Um, If you're into theme parks... I'm sorry. This is going to offend a lot of people, but go. that is a major, major red flag. <laughs> you know who's in the theme parks? Who? Becca. Becca. 
my assistant, Becca. Oh, no. She is the only one, though, that could sway me back to appreciate people that are in the theme parks because I appreciate her so much. Yeah. I just find it really unbelievable that she's into it. Yeah. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It's one of her mystiques. <laughs> Can I ask, like, which, which theme park has she talked about? Disney. Oh, okay. Oh, she is a major, major Disney fan. Mm. Never yeah. been. And me neither. And not planning on it. <laughs> and I have three kids. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that's bold. Okay. Last last one. Yeah. Save the best for last. Okay. This person, mm. which is the bigger red flag, they constantly quote movies that you don't know. Uh. Or they give you a cringy nickname on the first date Ooh, definitely definitely cringy nickname on the first date yeah yeah that's 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 assuming way too much like bootsy <laughs> <laughs> no i've given you that we've had that we're we're, we're lifers with that nickname it's nobody true. understands it this is also not a date but amen i appreciate that <laughs> thanks yeah, thanks for bringing like... the clarity there brother yeah um but but yeah, I, uh, nickname on the first date, no, you're way too comfy in your skin. Um, uh, but if you know movies that I don't, that just means that you... You're cultured. You're, <laughs> you're into the arts. Yeah. Do you like <laughs> musical theater? Sorry, we're, we're going back um, to another one, but... No, but Ruth does. Oh, that's what this is about. Yeah. That's what the, you, that's you didn't it. want to be honest with me. You just wanted to... <laughs> no, Ruth to... does, and Ruth is, has gotten me to buy in a little bit, I, I, and I would say a fair amount. Okay, that's enough. That's enough boots. You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, we are talking relationship red flags today, uh, but we won't be talking about kind of silly examples like I just gave. Um, but if you could, could you kind of set the stage for this conversation? Because I just want to acknowledge on the front end, there, there are a myriad of potential relationship red flags that we could delve into. Sure. Um, some consequential, some less consequential, but it's a, it's a rather big totally. undertaking for two guys who are trying to make things plain and simple. We don't want to muddy the waters and just, all right, well keep these things. Like our goal was to try to think through some of the the biggest major groupings, if you will, of red flags, and that's kind of our approach to today. But if you could kind of delve into that a little bit more. Absolutely. I think, you know, to your point, you said, we didn't want to make an exhaustive and or comprehensive list of red flags because we could be here until the middle of next year sort of delving into what many times are just immaturities, character flaws, areas needed for growth, you know, on and on and on. And many of those things would be subjective. So there's different perspectives around preferences. Exactly. And so we wanted to make sure that the red flags that we refer to are major, number one. At the same time, many times they're encompassing of others. And here's the, here's the deal. Like you said, you know, when it comes to these red flags, they're both applicable to romantic relationships and platonic relationships. That if you see this, these flags will strain any type of relationship. 
And so when it comes to these, I think what's unique is that the things that you and I came up with really are a result of two different contexts. You know, I've been married now 22 years to the love of my life, Ruth Maria Foster. If you're listening, girl, I love you. Um, I'll see you. <laughs> and then you are dating, yep. although I say seriously dating. It's a serious dating relationship. It's a courtship. It. Oh, oh, no, oh, I, was, I like where this is going. Yeah. No, don't walk back. Don't walk back. Know where you're going, son. So, so when it comes to these, these red flags, these would encompass a lot while at the same time, I think these would largely be agreed upon. Here's the importance of red flags. Red flags are the caution tales that should communicate to you and to me that there is danger ahead if unresolved. These are the telltales that let us know there is conflict that will ensue, there's dysfunction that will arise, there is hardship and heartbreak that will be a result of these flags if they are not fixed or given attention to or understood or avoided. And so I understand that for many people that are gonna listen to this, you're already married. And so you're going to see these flags within your marriage. You're going to think, well, great. What do I do now? I didn't see them before or I turned a blind eye to them. And so now, you know, I have to deal with them. Well, by the grace of God, you can deal with them. And that's where you lean into Jesus. You lean into his principles, his precepts. And what he says is, is, hey, I will, by my strength amidst your weakness, bring resolve where you can't. That's the beauty of our relationship with the all-powerful God amidst our insufficiency. So God can, can take care of these. But if you find yourself in the dating scene where these are becoming aware to you, I would say these are enough reason to avoid the relationship altogether or at least take dramatic measures so that there's resolve brought to them. And as you said, this is also in the context of friendship. So I just want to say that this is why the Apostle Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, listen, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you of this. I think we all, anybody that knows any degree of scripture will know that Paul was not the biggest advocate for marriage. Um, he would make concessions for Okay, it's not a sin, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Paul. <laughs> that's, that's Paul. That's Paul. And his that is it. Yeah, marriage. like you can do it if you want to, but and it's not a sin, but I would encourage you not to. Yeah. All the, things are permissible. <laughs> not all are beneficial. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that he did that is because Paul saw one's life as a means to be leveraged, everything that you have for the furtherance of the gospel. So Paul saw his life that way. That's why he was celibate. He encouraged others to do the same. But he is right when he says, if you marry, do know there's a lot of trouble that comes with it. Red flags compound that trouble immensely. And so when we bring these up, it's for the purpose of helping those that are either in the dating scene or approaching marriage or looking for a significant other or looking for a community of healthy friends. Um, these red flags are to be... Um, taken seriously. Yeah. And I love that as the, the baseline for this conversation. So with all that being said, let's get into it. What's our first relationship red flag? I would say the first one is codependency. Now, 
I would say codependency is probably found in all of us to some degree. It's when it's really, really dramatic. Codependency is needing the other person to provide for you what many times only Jesus is capable of providing. So it's providing you all of your security. Many times codependent people look for other people to provide them identity. It's to provide them a degree of safety. It's to provide them a degree of, uh, you know, stability, confidence, um, all of these types of things that really speak to either an emotional, a mental and relational deficit that they have, they will wind up taxing the other person being dependent upon them to provide for them something they're incapable of, of giving. Yeah. How does that, how does that practically manifest in either a relationship or a friendship? So many times codependent people do not like you to have other relationships outside of, of yours exclusively. And so maybe the relationship will start with them being seemingly okay with it or, hey, they'll, they'll, they'll seem like they're not offended by it. But as time goes on, the leash will tighten. Oh. The exclusivity will set in and then you'll start to hear more and more consistently, I just want to be with you and you alone. Um, that is a sign of codependency. Yeah, and I think... That that's one for me that manifests most clearly in friendship, in huh. particular, just because uh, one of my favorite books by C.S. Lewis, The Four Loves, he talks about how friendship is the least jealous wow. of all the loves, meaning um, one friend hanging out with another, they welcome the participation of a third genuine friend to enter into that, or a fourth, or a fifth, because each of them highlights a different aspect of the existing friends that are present. It's really good. Um, and it's truly, you've heard the expression, the more the more, the merrier. <laughs> it's this new one I came up with. Um, <laughs> no, the more the merrier. That's genuinely true, and that's, that's the case that Lewis makes. But in codependent relationships or friendships, yep. that is not the case. It's, it's almost like this possessiveness. Yes. You, that you don't want to invite other people into that. Isolation. Yeah. I think another thing that is made manifest in a codependent relationship is that you then are made to feel like the other person's therapist. So you're always talking about their needs. There's always an issue. There's always um, an emotional sort of outcry. That is a tale of codependency as well. And, And it has a lot to do with you feeling like they're always asking you to do something for them. That is not healthy. My father used to say, you know, the healthiest relationships are not two people that need one another, but two people that choose to be with one another. Um, And so what that speaks of is an independent person that is secure and understands who they are in Jesus, that has a degree of confidence and clarity, while at the same time, a degree of independence that when they bring themselves to a relationship, there's not this Jerry Maguire-esque completion. You know what I mean? When no, I, I know what you mean. Oh, now you do. For those listening, I just want you to know it wasn't until recent that Boots knew who Tom Cruise was. I know who Tom Cruise is. I, I just haven't seen the movie Jerry Maguire. I doubt you. Okay. I doubt you very much. But 
in the in the Jerry Maguire scene at the end, him and Renee Zellweger have this exchange of where they're reconciling their relationship. And I believe it was her that said to him, you comp- no, no, oh no. It yeah. was who's, Jerry. Who's seen this movie? <laughs> it was Jerry to her that said, you complete me. And as in amazing and inspiring as that scene was, it's altogether false. But it's a concept that culturally we've championed. Very much so. Oh, we've bought it hook, line, and sinker. Not only does it sound good to us, we think that it is right. So we do it. So we do it, and we, we, we commend others towards it, when in fact, in God's economy, he doesn't call us to complete one another as much as he calls us to complement one another. Mm. And we complement one another by our own personal wholeness, not trying to become for somebody what they themselves are not outside of Jesus. So what that means is, is that codependency should be a red flag because it will ultimately tax the relationship. Um, and I think even those of us listening right now probably know exactly what I'm talking about if you find yourself in that type of relationship. Yep. So take note. Take note. And take heed. So I believe that that segues into what it is that you say is a major red flag, and I could not agree more, and that would be? A second one that I would say, and this is one that I'm, I can say a fair amount about because it comes from a a deep frustration Mm. from me, is values. Differing values, I think, is a big red flag. But let me add a little bit of a disclaimer. We disclaim a lot. Yes, we do. (laughs) We don't proclaim a lot. We disclaim (laughs) a lot. Um, No, but here's here's the disclaimer because I think it's important. When it comes to friendships... I think it is is okay <laughs> to have to have differing perspectives, differing values. Um, it can actually sharpen our values to have huh. someone who who kind of can counterpoints, can see things a bit differently. So I'm I'm not setting the stage for uniformity in opinion. What I would say is when it comes to that place of significant other or very close slash best friend. Okay. The person that you would put in, in the, those categories. I think it is very important to have similar values. I feel like my generation, and you can tell me if you agree with this, but I feel like because we're not in the same generation. <laughs> you you constantly make that known. Yeah. I appreciate that. It has to be known. Um, I feel like we got duped in the sense that we were told, do not talk about religion, do not talk about politics, do not talk about values. Matter of fact, it's rude. Huh. And so when you're getting to know someone, keep it surface level, get to know interests, get to know hobbies, find out if you are compatible. Wow. See if there's chemistry there. Um, And I think that that really hurt us actually, because what we ended up with was a lot of really shallow relationships okay, with considerable ambiguity surrounding a lot of really important topics. Mm. You look at the matter of worldview. How do we see the world? You look at the matter of purpose. Why are we even here? Do we agree? 
do we agree on on does man have a purpose do i have a purpose is this just an accident am i just here to to have a good time why are we here can we agree on that do we even talk about that you think about matters of morality what's right what's wrong where do we draw the line what do we have the same starting point or frame of reference when it comes to that compass you look at the matters of truth which you you talked about last week but it's incredibly important is truth subjective do you have your truth do i have my truth and sometimes we agree sometimes we don't is it based on experience well you experience this so that's that's true for you or is there an absolute truth if we're both on the field am i playing football you're playing soccer little sports reference are we playing the same game or not because if we're not then we we cannot thrive in this relationship we don't have the same reference let's let's take it up a notch let's look at love you're in the midst of a relationship do we even define love the same way? It's really good, man. What, what I mean by that, my frame of reference when it comes to love, it's a choice. It's a decision. I'm choosing to commit to you. It's a covenant when it culminates in marriage. It's a sacrifice. It's a decision to serve. Or that's one point of view. Right. Maybe it's just a feeling. Yeah. Maybe it's just a state of being that we find ourselves in for a season to have fun, get to know each other, build off this chemistry, but then I've fallen out of love. Mm-hmm. What if that's one person's perspective, but the other one's in it for the long haul? You are destined for failure because Absolutely. you don't have the same values. That's just when it's when it's just you and the other person. Right. If you bring kids into the into the matter, <laughs> how do you know what to tell them? When it comes to matters of truth, when it comes to matters of morality, when it comes to matters of this is what we value as a family, you don't have the same reference point. You're truly, you're lost. You can you can get along with someone really well. You can have great chemistry. But what if you don't agree on reality? No doubt. As we say often, what you believe determines how you behave. Those beliefs are rooted in a value system. So when scripture says... Do not, talking to the disciples that follow Jesus, do not be unequally yoked. In the context of marriage, actually, Paul makes a clear case not to be unequally yoked in the context of friendship. To make sure, now that's not to say we shouldn't be missional, that we shouldn't love those that see different, think different, believe different from us. But when it comes to these types of relationships that we're referring, both tight friendships and romantic relationships, there has to be an equal yoked system, um, sort of referring back to that apparatus that keeps two oxen in parallel. Why? Because if you're unequally yoked, you're trying to constantly pull one another in a direction that you don't want to go. That's not a relationship that's healthy. And so being equally yoked has everything to do with values. And and I think that's a major point of emphasis because a lot of Christians, if you will, will just say, hey, if you believe Jesus and I believe in Jesus and hey, we believe that scripture has a degree of authority, well, then that's enough that we agree upon to get us through. No, 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 no. Those are, yes, fundamentals, but they're not the values that you need to align around. Although your values come from Scripture, there has to be a depth of conversation that determines that you're yoked in those values. 
And so where there's an unequal value system, that's a major red flag because you're heading in different directions. Absolutely. So I believe we've got one more red flag that we're yes, going to we talk do. through. And that would be... I would say that the last red flag, and it's a word that's being thrown a lot as of recent in our culture, and people are using it very much, and, and probably rightfully so, have weaponized it to describe certain personalities, and that would be the red flag of narcissism. And narcissism has grown a bit of a groundswell because it's descriptive of a person that's completely self-absorbed, not just selfish, but self-enthralled, self-focused, self-absorbed, selfish to a degree that they can't even get out of their own way to really serve love and prefer the person that they say that they are in relationship with or their significant other. And so the problem with narcissism, this degree of selfishness, um, is that it, it creates a really cold-hearted posture that one has towards another. Um, there's an insensitivity, a lack of empathy. They do not think through the needs of others before they think through their own. They're spring-loaded to think about what I want, what I need, what my ambitions are, what my preferences are. And once I'm full, well, then if there is any margin left over, I'll think of the other person. They can tend to be a little condescending. They can tend to be vindictive. They refuse to take no as an answer. And so so the reason that I'm, I'm giving such detail is because you have to clarify that there is a distinction between a narcissist and just a selfish person. I think I, I think Ruth would probably describe me as a selfish person. <laughs> um, marriage. That's your top attribute. <laughs> Amen. And I'm working at it. Hey, me, me too, brother. And so I think all of us, to some degree, our disposition and our carnal nature is to be selfish, to be self-focused. Narcissism is a whole nother degree that should create a red flag and a run for the hills mentality because um, your feelings, your desires, your wants, your aspirations, they get um, really disregarded when you're in a relationship with a narcissist. Yeah. How do you think that manifests in a friendship? Same way? Yeah. I, I think it's made manifest in friendship. They are constantly the one uppers. Ooh, you know, conversationally. Oh, totally. Yeah. That story is cool, but it reminds me of this one time that I did it <laughs> better, better. Yeah. It's always better. It's always, um, about them. It's always um, you feel a degree, and, 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 and typically narcissists prey on pacifists. So they find themselves in relationship with who they would deem weaker. Um, People they can bully. Domineer. Yes, yes. And so the pacifist is always left with this tension, like I don't want to disappoint them or I don't want to say no to them or I don't want to create more tension with them. And so that's your M.O., while they're just running rough shot over whoever 
they're in relationship with. And so that can be easily found in friendship that, and, and, and anybody on the outside objectively can see it. They're like, man, what, yeah. a, what a why dumpster do you, fire Why do you run with is. that guy? Right, yeah. right. He's got a good heart. Or gal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know any, any narcissistic ladies? Let me name them. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kidding. So, so I, I think just to clarify, codependency, red flag. Yep. Values that have a disparity, red flag. Narcissist, red flag. I want to add a bonus. You're going to add you, you You weren't ready for this. This was my ace in the hole. I've <laughs> been holding little. this over me. I've been hold, holding that. Bonus red flag. It makes, red flag has such as this negative connotation to it, but when you add the, the word bonus to it, it's like, it's like oh, a, oh, like oh another red flag. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, hit us. The Since last you're breaking all red, the rules. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a rule breaker today, but the last red flag, th- this is going to be a little more focused Actually, a lot more focused towards the men. So, ladies, this one's for you. This is gender specific. I'm not saying it's exclusive, the issue of the man, by any stretch, because this can be found in, in, in both. But I, th- this one comes near and dear to me, and that is one major bonus red flag would be that the person does not have a work ethic. Hmm. Yeah. So where you find yourself constantly being the motivator, the inspirer, the hey, hey, the vision caster, all in an attempt to get someone, the cheerleader to get him to get a job, I'm telling you right now, it's game over. You do not want to find yourself in the position of trying to get somebody motivated to do what they fundamentally should be spring-loaded des- to designed do. Designed to do. Designed. Well said. I, I, so, so let it be known. God designed us with this intrinsic nature to work. Yeah. Before, this was before the fall. Amen. Which is pretty we, theologically important. Very. That means that God's design, going back to values, his design and purpose for men is that we would work, that we would cr- provide safety, security, and stability. Not exclusively, okay. There's, we're in a partnership, but if 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 one is 35 years old, sits in his grandmother's basement all day, plays video games, and gives excuses as why not to work, ghost him immediately. Well, and I'm just, not apologizing for it. I'm not doing it, boots. I'm not doing it. Even if you just described me, <laughs> no. I that's would, where this podcast is being recorded. <laughs> Nani's basement. <laughs> Nani's basement. <laughs> Nani, we love you. That's right, we do. Oh, yes. So that would be it. I need say no more. Okay. I digress. Okay. So with those now four red flags being thoroughly discussed, um, if I'm listening to this and I say, shoot, I'm in relationship with someone where these red flags are evident, I'm in a friendship, um, Hannah's currently listening right now and she's saying I'm in a relationship with Cam and he has I think all four. All, all four. No. What what do they do? What do we do? Yep. Okay. Number one, ghost them. <laughs> Just leave the relationship. You don't even have to send a text. That wow. No. That sounds All right. Hey. No, cool. I actually I reserve that one. We're just not gonna make that the first one. 
Okay. Let's put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. But let's start somewhere else. The first thing one must do if hearing this and seeing this would be have the hard conversation. Meaning there's got to be a degree of candor. There's got to be a degree of communication where you say, this concerns me. I see this. I want to do something about this. But if there is no evident change, listen, then I got to have, I got I to gotta head in a different direction. There's got to be an honest conversation around either what you see or what you're concerned about. Regardless whether it's romantic relationship or friendship. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Because all relationships are built on trust. So you have to be honest, one with yourself and the other person, as to I'm not going to keep tolerating this and I'm going to really bear my heart about this. Let's start with a conversation. Okay. What's after that? Number two would be accept the reality. So coming out of that conversation. Absolutely. Like... You see it, you feel it, you heard it. Accept the reality of it. it. It really breaks my heart when I talk to people and I realize that you saw this in the foreground or you intentionally turned a blind eye to this. You knew what was happening here or you knew that this was a pattern but yet you gave more credence to the prospect or the potential that you disregarded what your internal knower was telling you. Don't do that because all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. And so once the conversation is had, you or for those of us that have already had the conversation, I would say at this juncture, accept the reality. Do not turn a blind eye, go with your intuition, or what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and be true to it, but do not disregard it in hopes that it'll fix itself. That's madness. And, um, and I believe our listeners are smarter than that, and I believe that God has more in store for us than that. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And you, you also spoke to those who are already find themselves in yep. marriages on the front end that hey, God can still work in that situation. Totally, absolutely. And so those that are married and realize, wait a minute, this is a pattern within my relationship, I would say, get counseling. Yeah, Man, really invest in it. That relationship is your most important relationship, certainly. Um, so, so give heart and soul to it and give it to Jesus with an intentionality and a diligence that allow him to work in that because it won't fix itself. And, um, and so I would encourage that, that greatly, but just know these red flags are for those that are in the dating scene. So as to avoid hardship, these red flags also are spoken to those that are in a marriage context so that you can work on your relationship, but nevertheless, they are what they are and you need to do something about it. Yeah, that's good. You know, you've given my girlfriend, Hannah, a lot to think about, I think. Um, so hopefully, <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully we don't actually release this episode. She's like, wait a second. Wait a minute. Am I playing Red Flag Bingo right now? I'm out. <laughs> I'm out like sauerkraut. <laughs> no, this has been, this has been, this has been good though. Yeah. Um, so I am excited next week. Ooh. Next week we're talking failure, which this oh. is a 
So good. This is a good topic, one that you have a lot of experience in, I believe. Um, You're on fire. <laughs> You're on fire. <laughs> You're like, no, you are fired is, <laughs> I think, what you meant to say there. No, um, that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. I kid about you having experience. Stop. I, Don't walk I'm back. the chief Don't sinner walk around back. here. Get out of here. <laughs> Hannah. We'll talk. If you're like, yeah, we'll talk offline. Um, yeah, but if you guys enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know which app that might be. You can also follow us on the gram at Simplexity Podcast. We love you guys. Oh.